This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Welcome to the Kitchen Conversations. At the Fall Weather Podcast, we truly believe that the kitchen is a perfect place for sharing information, spending time with family and friends, and genuinely bullshitting about life, ducks, the science of duck migration, duck conservation, and duck hunting itself. At either home or camp, the kitchen is a place to celebrate the day and come together to learn from each other, but also simply enjoy life. The Foul Weather Podcast aims to use the kitchen conversations as a way to bring duck science with duck science people directly to you in raw form. But we also aim to simply talk with duck people across duck country as well. Very often you will notice that duck science people are also duck people from across duck country. Think about that for a second. Most of the people that work really hard to conserve ducks in duck habitat are also duck hunters from across duck country, USA. So before you vilify all the state and federales and nonprofit people out there that are working for the ducks, just take a step back and realize they might not always be making the best decisions, but they're using the best information available, and we're all in this together. So... Let's not treat folks like enemies. Let's sit down in our kitchens, have great conversations, have some great food, some great drink, and bullshit. Let's bullshit about some ducks. Please understand that as your host of the Foul Weather Podcast, um, I'm Dr. Mike, as the host of the Foul Weather Podcast, that I also work full-time as a professor at the State University of New York College of Environmental Science and Forestry. Right, longest university name possible. So we typically go by ESF for Environmental Science and Forestry. Um, We're actually the oldest, a little info here, a little sidebar. We're actually the oldest wildlife and forestry program, uh, one of the, among among the oldest uh, wildlife and forestry programs in the U.S., and the only university directly associated with Teddy Roosevelt, right? Teddy was a a pioneer in wildlife conservation in this country. We we actually have the Roosevelt Wildlife Station at ESF, the only named entity associated with Teddy Roosevelt's name in existence, right? Um, among my capacities at ESF, I'm also the Roosevelt Waterfall Ecologist in Residence. It's a, it's a title that I really work hard to kind of proudly uphold. Anyhow, I have other hats. So the Foul Weather Podcast is certainly a wonderful um, addition to a diverse portfolio, but maybe we can't run Kitchen Conversation episodes at completely regular intervals, kind of like other podcasts, right? That said, we're going to run the Kitchen Conversations and the upcoming In the Marsh series as kind of irregular additions to our already regular kind of weekly episodes during duck season. Um, after January, um, after January, when we're kind of done with duck season migration stuff, we're going to continue to sprinkle in uh, kind of kitchen conversations episodes in our In the Marsh series um, with duck people throughout duck country. Sprinkle them in throughout the, throughout the, uh, 
throughout the offseason. So welcome to the inaugural episode of The Kitchen Conversations. We hope it hits home for you and you find it entertaining and informative. In the coming weeks, the Foul Weather Podcast team is going to be traveling across the country in pursuit of ducks and and really, I'd say more so visiting with friends and sitting in their kitchens and, and having that chat, you know, eating some good food, um, cooking up some duck, um, cooking up other local stuff, um, having a few uh, a few drinks, and we're going to spend some time with friends in the boot heel of Missouri, um, down in Mississippi, and then on on the Gulf Coast of Texas. Um, those those that those trips and those recordings are eventually going to make their way into the kitchen conversations as well as is into the in the Marsh series. So, thank you for your support of the File Weather Podcast and and all that we do to bring duck people from throughout duck country um, to your truck, uh, your computer, your phone, your headset. Our aim is to, you know, entertain and, and inform. Uh, man, the Foul Weather Podcast produces the only duck migration forecast available. May your skies be filled and shoot straight, my friends. Thanks for joining us on the Kitchen Conversations. Uh, this evening in the kitchen, in the home office in Jack's Reef, we're with Matt Frackleton sometimes known as cabbage. Um, we'll get to that later. Um, we also have Mike Bard, who has completed the Waterfall Grand Slam, or so he thought. I guess there's some uh, new duck that got named, Mike. That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> questioning questioning my status. <laughs> uh, these go, they, they go by Frack and Bard, affectionately by Frack and Bard. Um, my experience suggests that Frack's a way better duck hunter than Bard. Yeah, I kind of want to have correct. that. I want to have correct. that like uh, chess match here. I'm just, yeah. I'm actually just kidding. I think both of you guys are. The truth is, locally, you're about as as good as it gets for. I think for um, finding and and killing killing ducks. Um, and what I want to say is, don't worry, we're not going to give away your secrets here. Good. Unless you give them just <laughs> to me, because you guys obviously have like secret stuff. So. Uh, it just happens both these guys live about five miles from the home office in Jack's Reef. So uh, we're going to start with the food stuff, though. They came over tonight. Um, I cooked that shirky cut with blue corn rub and did some venison backstrap fresh off the grill. Some thoughts, guys? Real Matt? Good. Excellent. I don't want to stop uh, eating to talk, but oh, really good. Yeah. Highly underestimated Frax stomach. Yeah, the dude can eat. Uh, not just cabbage. I don't even know what cabbage is. I'm just getting there. That's, so. well, that's where it came from, actually. It's from uh, competitive eating. So in college, I dabbled in competitive eating, and that's how you train. When you wake up, you uh, you eat a head of raw cabbage, and then you drink a gallon of water because that raw cabbage will expand in your stomach. So that's how you train your stomach to expand and be able to crush hot dogs or pies or lobsters or whatever, whatever uh, you know gastronomic feat you're trying to win so have you ever like just brought cabbage along for like to yeah that's how all the guys in long island call me cabbage because we were out in the boat and i'm like i can't go three or four hours without eating so i just have heads of cabbage and raw hot dogs <laughs> you ate cabbage yeah. in duck boat yeah. on long island. like yeah. an apple he brings it he eats it like an apple yeah. like you would eat an apple he just pulls it out and eats it like the head of cabbage raw uh, not good. like keep it going yeah it expands in your stomach, so it keeps you full. So when you're, like, sitting there and nothing's flying, yeah, you're like, how am I going to get through these next two So, hours? like, at night, like, after Thanksgiving, when I eat a ton of food and I'm, like, 
you know how it is you like your stomach expands and then you wake up in the middle of the night for some unknown reason you're hungry so i should just come downstairs and grab a head of cabbage yeah. and eat it probably yeah that's a good way to expand your stomach so you can eat more but pretty much you, every meal is like a personal challenge don't you have like that thing that brassicas like cabbage is a brassica like brussels sprouts yeah. and broccoli doesn't it hate your body and make you just yeah. like gas the house out yeah i mean that's, or the that's duck Bree, boat that's Bree's problem not mine or bard's problem <laughs> yeah Oh my god! He factors the wind into our setup for more than one reason. Straight. <laughs> so we got into cabbage more, quicker than I thought we were going to as a discussion, but um, so pickled duck hearts and gizzards, good, solid. Bard, you're not. Your Bard's not gonna try him. He's just. I'm, I'm, I don't want to eat a gizzard. I don't know if I'm afraid, but I'll eat the hearts. But oh I'm well, we got it. We got it. We we got there. There, right there. Here, here, go. There's a heart for you. That's a goose heart. Oh, it is. It's pretty big. It might be a mallard because a lot of those were actually like wood duck hearts. The taste is really good. The texture is a little off for me, but which not bad. You could live with it. You yeah. could sustain on it. Yeah. 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 When we get stuck on that, kind of chewy. When we get stuck on the tide and are stranded for mm. indeterminate time. You want to hear a cabbage story? <laughs> Go. Go. <laughs> Speaking about being stranded, <laughs> wasn't when we were stranded, but Long Island. We do go to Long Island. It's fun. We have some friends there. We're hunting. And Mr. Cabbage, <clears throat> you asked about the gas and whatnot. It definitely keeps things moving. He can't also go through a whole hunt without having to eliminate. You're allowed to say take <laughs> <a> <laughs> yeah. we, do, we do put the little E thing on yeah. this so, podcast. You're good. He can't make it through a hunt usually without having to take a shit. And... The boat was a long ways away, so there was a dead seagull in the marsh who was utilized to clean. Just a wing. Not the It wasn't a dead seagull. There was a chunk of a wing. And it's like, you're using Spartina, ribbed muscles, I'm not or a using wing. anything. Don't you just cut off a piece of your t-shirt? I wasn't, I wasn't sacrificing my bucky shirt. <laughs> I had hard to come by. In the boat, which is... 75 yards down the shore. Oh, way more than that. It was, it was, I was on walkabout. Regardless, there was a whole roll of toilet paper in a Ziploc bag. Nice, you know, ready to go. And he's a dead seagull wing. Dead seagull winging it. We might have to back out of this one. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't take long. This did not. Four minutes in, it's humorous rethinking. I'm rethinking this all. I really wanted uh, to make a splash with this podcast. So I invited you two idiots over here. That's the wrong splash. No, but it's a bad splash. This, honestly, guys, this is what it's about. It's like you know the fun conversations in the kitchen, and and I've like we literally live like less than five miles from each other. All of us. Yeah. I could walk to Bard's place on a straight line, and well, it goes through a little bit of a swamp, but I could get there. Uh, but we don't do these things enough. We're just all busy. We run into each other in the marsh all the time. You guys hunt together a lot. But this is, you know, the kind of stuff that I think really we all should probably do more. Like, I I always get, like, actually, the what I've started to do, it's like QD, QDMA stuff. I've started to, like, think about talking to the guys that are in the marsh more mm-hmm. rather than treat them like my enemy that I'm competing with. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the days that you and I were, and we're not going to give any, ways, any, any secrets away because we did well the days we mm-hmm. were in the marsh together in different spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but the communication actually helps mm-hmm. rather than hinders you, right? 
So I don't know. Speak to that a little bit about like pe- people you talk to in the marsh, and then those that you you don't like the good the good stuff, the good and the bad about like that public hunting stuff around here. He talks to people. I don't usually talk. <laughs> like it's usually if someone initiates a conversation with me, I will have a conversation, but I'm very guarded. He has wild conversations with people at every boat launch we go to or anywhere we go. Do you give shit away though, or no, do you just, just no, no, no? Right. He instantly will be like, "Dude, we're killing massive amounts. We're in a marsh," and then he'll be like. Dude, we smoked the mergs today. Like, and we're like, and you're like, dude, there's no mergs in like 25 miles here. But he's he'll be just like stack them up. You guys hunt mergs? You should. You like, you're like it's all. He's been pitching like, that to me though too. So he's blowing the same smoke at me. But like, about it, shooting mergs. And then usually people start giving him strange looks and like want to get away from him. But then he'll just keep chirping and chirping and chirping. And they can't get away. And uh, that's the defense strategy. Yeah, you don't want to actually give away. You know. Not that I want to give away emerging secrets, but... No, but it is hilarious. I like to watch it, but I don't like to interact with the with it. There there have been some recent, though, when we have been in the marsh and there is a obviously limited area. There, If anyone scouted, there's not a ton of ducks this year. Right. And so if you did any homework at all, you know where to go and everybody's going to go within a small area so right. it is good to have those conversations there's a handful of those guys like yourself and um uh, a couple other guys that we've seen a, m- a number of times there that do have those quick conversations in the morning and be like hey we're gonna go here okay we'll go 200 yards down and or you know okay you guys are gonna go there today we're gonna try to get back further or whatever and and those are helpful i think um but like i literally showed up and pushed in the other day and i think i texted you guys i'm like i think i'm like 75 yards from this other guy that i talked to and like he's like oh no you're far enough and i can hear them talking and i'm like no and so like i knew i had a good spot so it wasn't like i was gonna abandon it right away i shot like a couple ducks and then move like another 75 yards to at least be 150 or so from them But here's a funny one. At that same marsh we're talking about, we're not going to talk about which one it is. <laughs> a few years ago, my wife Sarah and I were there, and I and I do the like the talk to people because like you're all going in, mm-hmm. and you can either like all charge in or you can talk to each other. And this dude pulls up, puts his truck, what he thinks is in park, and I talk to him real quick, like at the door, and he's like. Bah! And he doesn't want to talk to me, obviously. And he wants to just rush into the marsh ahead of us, even though we were already there before him at the launch. And he forgets to put his truck in park. <clears throat> and he's got it, like, backed up where his canoe, where he can put his canoe in. And he gets out. He steps out of the vehicle after talking to me. And it's just, like, it's in neutral or whatever. It, or it's in drive, but it's on a steep hill. And it just starts rolling backwards. And he, like... He almost got ran over, but he, like, at the last minute, falling out of his truck, like, put his foot on the brake and, like, crawled himself back in. And I was like, we, everybody there was like, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he, But he continued to proceed to rush into the marsh, <laughs> despite that he almost just killed himself. Or if he fell out of the vehicle, his truck still would end up in the swamp, yeah. you know, so. Well, we laugh about it because, like, we hunt, we've hunted a lot of the same areas for years. But we didn't start hanging out till we moved over here, till I moved over here. And it's one of those things where, like, 
I'm sure we've run into each other at the boat launch before. And you're like, oh, this asshole's a man. You know, like, right. I mean, you're like, screw you. You don't talk with them. Then you end up actually meeting the person and they're pretty cool. And you end up hanging out. Next thing you know, your buddies are hunting all the time. Exactly. But if when you see each other in the dark at, you know, oh, dark 30 in the launch, you're like, ah, this guy's a prick. You know. And so yeah, you, you just, treat you want everybody like, like that until yeah. proven yeah. otherwise, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's part of like, uh, I think we're lucky in New York that we have a lot of good public at well actually good we have a lot of public access you can hunt a lot of places but there's not always a lot of places where there's ducks or where there's a lot of opportunity to get away from people and still have ducks there's not a whole lot of secrets so you end up kind of getting crowded into you know to mike's point areas that have birds or areas that you can hunt yeah i think like all one of the things that's happening i'm going to jump on this now Mm -hmm. um this wasn't even in my notes. This is going to, like, this is totally organic just for listeners. Like, I'm not, like, I have script, I have some stuff to hit on here. Like, you guys be in the Merg, Merg squad and you have a belt buckle involved and things like that. We'll get there. <laughs> There's a championship belt. There's a championship belt. <laughs> but more and more in New York, we've got, like, Pennsylvania and Jersey people showing up. And it, lot, it is getting a lot, and it's getting crowded, but it's not like we have that good of duck hunting. It's just that the birds aren't that we have aren't getting to them. So, like, the locals, like you, Frack, and Bard, like, I'm not going to tell people, like, hey, you should go here, you yeah. should go there, because it's, it is going to get crowded, and it's not like it's that good. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it's still the Atlantic Flyway. It's not the Mississippi Flyway. In Missouri, the Missouri conservation areas that are public, they hunt them every single day till noon. Every day. And they kill, like, three ducks per hunter because they're, like, super well-managed places. We just don't have that, right? Like, kind of follow up. I mean, just validate my comment, I think, is what I'm saying. Because that's, I think we all feel that way. I mean, that... I agree with 100%. And and we actually had this conversation when we hunted the other day together. There was a time 10 years ago where any anybody could show up on any Finger Lake, throw out two, three dozen decoys, didn't matter the species. And if it was late season, everyone killed their two redheads, probably get a few mallards. Um, maybe, you know, shoot an assortment of other divers. And because we were talking, because I don't have a lot of birds mounted, I don't have a redhead mounted, because growing up, I was always like, we always get these. I'll just get one, you know, like when I'm older, you know, I want to mount all these other birds first. And uh, the last couple seasons, it's been a challenge to shoot a handful of them in a season versus there's seasons when we shot hundreds of them. But with like, you know, five, six guys going every day over the course of the later part of the season, we'd we'd kill hundreds of redheads. And now it's like if you get a day where three of you go out and you shoot your six, you're like, this is awesome. You know, that like we didn't. (laughs) And they're usually not like really nice, mature birds. You're shooting ratty first year birds. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, we were way too excited. Uh, A couple weeks back, we went out and three of us shot six redheads uh our blue bills and you would have thought like we won the lottery and one of uh one of the redheads we shot was like that beautiful apple head like just big old head and we're like holy shit it's been like two years since i've seen one of these this good like it was just i'm like dude we shot like it was like so such a change because 
we also admitted to each other like i think a couple like just recently that again even six seven years ago neither of us would have shot a merg or a bufflehead you know or even a golden eye because there was so many you were just gonna you had a really good chance every time out to shoot four to six ducks that were edible good ducks to eat right and now between bird shortstopping climate change season changes population changes so let me stop you that's my question is it like the pressure you know because we were talking about people coming up and more <clears throat> people is it the pressure is it a change in climate do you think birds are shortstop because i mean we are the fall weather podcast right so like yeah. we're gonna get to the weather thing here what what do you think it what do you think it is i mean you guys are you guys are probably out there on the water more than anyone i know in in our part of the world so what is it all of the above yeah i think the, the i think there's more pressure um and i think the season change this is the fifth year of that new season in new york and it kind of moved um there's much less of a split so it pretty much used to be all of december uh, was off and then it reopened right after Christmas and went for a couple weeks into January. So you typically had colder weather. You typically had birds concentrate on an open water. And you also had that split for them to kind of get here, get used to coming to shore and just not be pressured. Now our season, there's much less of a break. And so we're hunting the same birds that have been here and that have been shot for the last month or two. And it's just, they just, at least in terms of the divers, when we're talking about redheads, they just don't come to shore anymore. Like, you know, they do, but rarely, you know, there's just way more pressure. There's a lot so, more layouts than there used to be. Say, but I'm traditionally a layout bow hunter. That's my jam. And they're just not moving. They sit and they, yeah. like in the morning you go out to hunt, whether it's on a shore or you're going out to set up a layout boat spread. There's days where you'll run over birds that have come in to feed at night and like you're going out and you're like, holy cow, there's birds. And like they're trying to feed and you're like avoid trying to avoid. You think they're night feeding them. Yeah, running them over. So yep. then yeah. you get out there and you kind of even, you watch them recede on those full moon nights or nights mm -hmm. where you can see, you, you can watch them go back out to the middle, come shooting time. The only way they're moving, man, is if someone's bumping them or like, yeah. uh, you know, just something random happens. Like, yeah, I love perch fishermen. Like. Dude, more <laughs> so real quick for for listeners just to just to catch up a little bit there's a few things that have gone on on the finger lakes is that in general i mean it's been a it, it it's been some of them i'm not going to give away which ones but there's a, been a good redhead and diver shoot over the years but the season used to in new york run in like it used to close be closed through december and then opened at like the saturday after christmas or something like that and then run for 15 days so we'd have 45 days on the front end then 15 on the back end and so that really birds piled up um that, that did show up at, oh, throughout december they do show up during that period but then they were extremely shootable during that period and we've moved that back um, to I think accommodate the marsh hunters to a large degree from from our from our survey um, to try to accommodate all the all of the hunters in New York. I'm not going to argue about that content right okay. now. But then Mike's comment of like these birds are now feeding at night might be like a, ch a change in behavior. Yeah. But also like if it's if it's warmer in, even when you go into January, it's been warmer mm -hmm. over the years. There's fewer yeah. cold snaps. 
And yeah. so if these birds can meet their energy requirements at night, they change behavior a little bit, and then it's just not cold enough during the day to make them to fly, right. you're yeah. just not going to kill them yeah. because it's a giant lake yeah. and it's really long and they got anywhere to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that well, kind of summarize what The, the are lakes saying? are so close together here. They can hop lakes. Can hop lakes. There's yeah. food at all the lakes. They're all still good. Um, you know, and it's, it's just, I think a lot of birds are still on the north side of, Ontario or even further up they're just like you said it's not it's a combination of things like we got this funky different season coupled with it's been really warm the last four years and then you mix in this whole you know hey let's put the limit at two mallards so you do that and guys are like well I don't want to go out just to try to shoot two mallards let's try these sea duck things you know that they're all like because sea ducks are relatively new if we're thinking big picture to New York. When I was younger, you never saw a Scoter or an old squaw in New York, but now they're all over the place. They come and eat our zebra mussels that we have and cool, they're fun. So, but with the reduction in the mallards and you just can't shoot good divers, let's go beat the crap out of these sea ducks. And now Last year, this year, they've lowered the limit on those. They've right. been, because I think they're getting pounded. And so, like, it's just, we we take one, we're just trading evil things, right? Like, right. you know, like, hey, we're going to go pound the pressure, crap out pressure of this. Pressure here versus pressure. Right, because, you, so, like, yeah, you yeah. like everyone wants to play the game. You want to keep changing the rules, uh, but we're going to keep playing the game and take what we can get. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's just... Uh, right waterfowler mentality in general is they're really resourceful hunters well i think managers do not think about those things right like if you don't have this then yeah. you're gonna shoot this so yeah. actually i bought like, the boat i bought the decoys right? i'm going man yeah. right. like, like when yeah. the mallard limit went to two i'm pretty sure widgeon like on years when like we we have times when there's a yeah. ton of widgeon in our marshes locally widgeon got Fucking pounded. Everything because else. You, everything did. Everything yeah, else yeah. did. Because if you didn't, I mean, everybody wants to shoot four green. I mean, yeah. not everybody. I'm kind of a mallard purist at heart. Un unfortunately, I'll admit it. Because I just like you're eating them right now. You're eating them right now off the grill. They're great <laughs> eating, and I'm a duck eater, right? So if I can, if I can make the, an animal that I like to pursue into food, I'm going to. So I can. Mm -hmm. I tend to be like a food type hunter. But when I could only shoot two mallards, my God, the 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 marsh was still full of widgeon, mm -hmm. and I just shot four widgeon. Right. Yep. So I think other and widgeon are not doing like if you look at their population. I don't know if you guys have looked at that, but like that's not fantastic. So definitely like while we're in the marsh this year, I've noticed there was less widgeon than we've seen. You know, I think yeah. it's dwindled like over the last couple of years. Like yeah. just visibility like being out there they come and go i think this year we were really dry and so we didn't have like the big um we didn't have enough like big very inundated pools with uh it's submerged aquatic veg like aquatic vegetation it's called technically called submerged aquatic vegetation my students a few years ago forgot what it was called and called it wet lettuce I like that. I like the, I like the term wet lettuce. So I've moved to from SAV or submerged aquatic vegetation to wet lettuce. But um, Widgeon really like wet that sounds lettuce. Sounds like a good nickname. So. Yeah, <laughs> wet lettuce. This is a new band name. Yeah. One other thing, or if you or if you eat a lot of cabbage and you spend time in wet, like you could be called wet lettuce. I think too. 
Mm-hmm. One other thing with our seasons is there's a lot less, or there's a lot more overlap now. So I think that does concentrate pressure because, like, I used to jump from southeastern zone, northern zone, southeastern zone, western zone. Now yeah. those are done. So if you're a duck hunter, you're hunting western zone because it's all that's open. That's and then once ours opens, everybody's going to Long Island because that's all that's open. So I think it yeah. really, it's added a lot of extra pressure because people aren't staying home. Going elsewhere. They're going elsewhere. It's like if the season's open, but the season's only open in one zone, everybody's going to that zone. Yeah. I I really think the poor Brant have taken a beating the last few years because yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Again, waterfowlers being waterfowlers, they want to go, right? Like there's a core group of hardcore waterfowlers that just want to go. Good, bad, whatever, they're going. Yeah. And like you cut that season off, they haven't got their fill yet. So, oh, we could go to this place on Long Island, yeah. we can drive there. Um, we'll figure it out when we get there. And Brant, I love the watching decoy, and they're very social animals. And if you get in generally the right place, you don't have to be on the A. You're generally in the right place with some goose floaters, probably going to get a few cracks at them. And those poor things, there's the hunting pressure down there from upstaters oh. has just gotten nuts over the last year. I've been going down there for 22 years. In the last few years, there's been more people down there hunting than I've seen ever before. And most of them are from, like, up here. Like, I'd be like, yo, didn't I, like, didn't I see you at, like, you know, on Lake Ontario earlier this year? Yeah, man, I'm from so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, like, I totally know your truck. Like, So, it, what's funny is, like, I follow a lot of social media stuff. And, I mean, guys in Arkansas are just ate up with the fact that just people pile into mm-hmm. Arkansas. But the funny thing is, is like within the state of New York, right? Like, so the podcast covers like a g- giant geographic region, but within the state of New York, we have a hate on literally for people that like move within the state. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But I want to move, I, I want to move on to something else. And I'm going to, I'm going to needle you guys a little bit. This is fun. I've been in Bard's Barn, which is immaculate, and I've been in mm-hmm. Frack's Barn. Can you guys explain <laughs> your different approaches to storing and transporting decoys? Because <laughs> I find this one super. Wait, cool. I've, I've, I have a question for Brett. But 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 keep it. Make sure the <laughs> listeners can understand how different you guys are for how you take care of your shit. Do you have any kind of system? Like that's the big <laughs> Like that's Bard saying, Jeffrack, you have any kind of system? Like no. I'll be honest and say, like I have severe. You guys OCD. are all. I'm gonna grab yours. Like, oh, like I, I have an OCD issue. Um, everything has to be super organized, labeled. I have mallards for this situation, mallards for this situation with different length, like they're different weights, like different like lines, different like weights. And then you just have shit piled up in your boat, which, uh. I've never seen the floor of. <laughs> I get. I don't know. I don't. But everything, everything you need is in there. Everything you need is in there. So I mean, yeah. if you need a bow fishing rig, if you need a case of sardines, if you need a head of raw cabbage, if you need some spare one-inch trot line clips, if you need some five-pound long line anchors, it's all in there. Let's talk about your goggles. If you need goggles, 
to rescue your buddy whose boat breaks down in the middle of Lake Ontario. Touche. In January. You're taking a lot of spray. You're out in three, four footers. You're taking a lot of spray over. It gets icy on the eyes. You need some ski goggles. So right. I think you should have some goggles in the boat. It just makes sense. So I, I remember, I, let me stop. Or you guys want to fight me? <laughs> I just want to say, okay. I agree that the goggles are a good idea, but the fact that your goggles, which are some kind of dual lens with some kind of like air pocket in between the lenses, and there's maggots and uh, stink bugs somehow inside those, that's got to bury your vision just a little bit. And that, I think, summarizes the ickiness, we'll call it, of your boat. I'm thankful that your boat is up and running and somehow you just trash the shit out of it constantly and it stays running. I do every single type of maintenance to my boat, keep it inside in a heated garage, and it just breaks down on me for ridiculous reasons. So we're hung out of your boat more than I'd like to. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jinx. <laughs> the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. Pro tip for anybody at home, those little one-inch trot line clips work great for They're long lines. The biggest pieces of shit ever. And whoever makes them <laughs> should be put down, and they should never be sold to anyone. So I deeply appreciate both your approaches. Um, I, I feel like I'm somewhere in between, honestly. Um, to the point that when I, I, I actually give, we, we did our, um, so folks on the podcast probably know this, I also actually teach at university <laughs> courses and hang out with degenerates like this at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> it's a good thing you started this after you got tenure. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. Fire it now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't even know where that was going. <laughs> I'm going to back out of that one. Um, I was concerned about, am I going to have a job? <laughs> am I going to No. No. This was... Uh, this was a fun thing that I wanted to do. Um, people kept asking. We we did a YouTube channel for years when we got the waterfall migration research done, and um, that was enjoyable. But YouTube's kind of a pile um, in general, and was not happy with that. So wanted to kind of go as much independent as we can. So that we, you know, kind of went with different platforms and such. But you know. And, and wanted to back out of it and do a better job with it, which I think we're at now. So let's uh, go with uh, all funny shit aside. <laughs> oh, boy. We're getting serious. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to pull in some deep stuff. You guys are, like, just good. I'm going to boost your egos now, right? So Thank you. Um, you, you're, you are good duck hunters, and I deeply appreciate you guys as friends, neighbors, um, and... Each of you, I'm going to go with kill over 100 ducks each year in the Atlantic Flyway, but we're going to, they're putting thumbs up as higher, <laughs> right? Um, it's its really not unheard of, but I don't think it's really common. So Shit, we kill over 100 mergs each year. <laughs> we're going to hit the mergans. We're, we're going to hit the mergans or comment here in a little bit. Not this year. Uh, this is a, not this year. This is a bad merg year. We're going to have to really get on it. It's because you're making They're not fun. here, are they? No. Let's not talk about that. It's upsetting. All right. So these guys are good, 
good at killing docs. Let's just go with the Merg thing because you're in it. You're in it. You okay. want to talk about? I've I've heard it like three times from you because you're like, I want to talk about Merg answers on the podcast. So I want to give away our secrets though. Merg I think the reality it. though no, is just, like just... neither of us. I think we both separately before we knew each other a year or so before we met came to the situation that we needed to start shooting Mergs because it sucks to go out and not pull the trigger or shoot some stuff and like there's plenty of Mergans around or even yeah, yeah and like there's plenty of Merganses around so then you had to get though like creative on like well we can't just shoot these things and not do anything with them so you had to find a use for them um which we've done all sorts of things like thankfully we know a lot of people frack particularly got us into some different studies mm -hmm. thymine study contaminant study mm -hmm. i knew some people that had exotic cats that were feeding their cats rabbits and free duck meat even if it is fishy smelling was a uh you know welcome to them so like we've been able to find stuff to do with them and it's fun like I, I haven't gotten you turned on to eating them yet, but yeah, no. they are, yeah, you can eat them. They're not, We've done they're not great. They're not this mallard that Schumer made. That's that's way better than Merg, but you can eat them. It says not to. He <laughs> <laughs> suggests not to. I'm not the, spawning, the, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, that is the controversy. Is like, yeah. but but here's here's where I'm going to go with this real quick. Is that the limit got changed on them at some point by mm -hmm. the Atlantic Flyway, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh. I don't know if it's, is it the flyway or is it just New York? Because it used to be a separate limit of five. PA still has bonus mergs. But in PA, you can still kill your six ducks plus five mergs. So the question is, right? Like, is there, this will get me in trouble with people. I don't give two shits because I'm not the friend of the flyway or, I, I like to, I, I shouldn't say it that way. I work with these folks. I like to say I'm not the darling of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service or the Atlantic Flyway because I push the question, right? Mm -hmm. So why was the limit reduced? It's not like we've got data that like hunters are causing massive issues. And what I've heard in calls is that, well, nobody can, nobody does anything with them anyway, so why should they shoot them? That's an ethical thing, right? Mm -hmm. And at some point, like biologically, you should be like, hey, can that population sustain harvest? That's like, that's the job of the flyway to a large degree. And so what you guys are doing is actually finding uses for them. And I, mean, I, I would argue though, like if you're eating scoter or long-tailed ducks, all the same they're shit. Not, yeah, they're, they're, not no any, they're not any better than Murray. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like you have to, you have to brine them. You have to smoke them. You have to do something. You have to grind them. You know, you have to do something with them. Right. You can't just throw them on the grill like right. these mallards. But right. you can, to me, an old squaw isn't any better than a Merg, you know, right. like flavor-wise, right. if, if you're eating. Right. Neither is I have, I have totally, yeah. I have I have taste bud dead friends that just like grind them and make like yeah. long-tailed duck tacos. Yeah. No. I think you'd yeah. know who you're talking about. <laughs> who I'm, talking about. I'm not going to yeah. mention his name here, but he'll, if he's listening, he knows who he is. But yeah. yeah. I think you can mix, like, do the kind of 50-50, 60-40, like, sausage, merc mix, and put it in sausage and stuff like that. Like, uh, that's what we do with Scoter, Old Squab. There is a disclaimer, though, on, like... Yeah, it says you're not supposed to eat them. Like, contaminant-wise. Right. But, 
it matter it it totally matters where they come from. They're at the top of the food chain for sure. But you don't know, like mallards that come from sewage lagoons, right? Yeah. Could be foolish too, yeah. right? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't. I mean, but the I, state's yeah. studying that. I'll be interested to see the results of this. We've donated a lot of uh, different species to this to see what this yeah. next round of contaminant data shows. Because, yeah. like you said, that mallard you shoot on the marsh that you think is eating in a cornfield could have been off the wastewater treatment plant yesterday. I'd rather shoot on some of our more contaminated lakes in New York a scop that just came from out of Manitoba yeah, yeah. than a mallard that lived here all year. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. 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 And you'd think the scop would be more contaminated because yeah. it's higher on the food chain in general. So. I think the Merck thing, though, for me, and I don't know, I won't answer for you, but, like, for me, I've spent a lot of my waterfalling years after I really like committed to it, got into it. We, you know, we shot video for years for different people. Um, we, I have done dozens and dozens of writer hunts, um, a guide and it always, it got too serious for me. Right. And like, I took myself too serious. Wasn't, it got to be, I mean, I don't know how to do many other things. So I just go, um and uh you just go duck hunting you just wake up at yeah like like, or 3 30 and you just go duck hunting i have a limited amount of skill set uh, (laughs) skill sets that's just one thing that i can do and i like to do so i still go but like there was a time where i was kind of like man i was really stressed out you know like it wasn't like it was it was a job um for a lot of things and like we just my son started hunting and i wanted him to have success so we like we would like shoot anything and like right just having that experience and seeing him like just super excited and everything like that like like he didn't give a shit what we shot you know he was just happy pulling the trigger so i think that was like a little rejuvenation for me and then i met him like a year later and he's like oh i shoot murders like and i'm like dude i'm like I got my own customs, but, like but, decoy. <laughs> so, so here's the thing now. Like, yeah, you guys have custom decoys, right? Yeah. And you literally, fr- so Bard has custom decoys. Are they hand carved or who made those? And you have a, but Frack some, has a, a some Merg, minor hand carved. Frack has a yeah. Merg uh, sticker on the back of his truck. Like most oh. people have like the <laughs> DU Duck sticker or some other things. You have a Merg sticker. Well, that, so. that's kind of how... I was slightly different. I was never, you know, that into it. But we had a good group of buddies growing up. My little brother, he's a lot younger than me. So when when he was in high school, one of his friends, I'll give a shout out to P-Dog. That was his uh, rapper name. So he goes by P-Dog. He was the one that got us into Mergs. Wait, wait, wait. You have a rapper duck hunting friend? Yes. Okay. We're we're (laughs) going that. I don't think he's put out any albums in a while, but, well, we can catch up. But uh, he... For some reason, that kid could not miss a Merg. So, the, like, we took him on youth hunts. So, they're, you know, 12 through 16, we're taking him out all the time. He could not hit a duck. Like, you'd have a mallard, a pintail, at 10 yards, back flapping, toenails on the water. He would dump his gun and not hit it. I've seen that kid roll out a red-breasted Merg just screaming 50 yards by, no intention of decoying, just stones it. So, he for some reason, in front of every- for some reason, he cannot miss a Merganser. So, it just became a thing. And that's kind of how we got into it. And also, I think it was just, it was kind of something different. It's like, not that many people go after, like, coots or gallinules right. or mercs. It was just, it was something different and kind of fun and kind of, like, quirky. People give you shit for it, so we just kind of owned it. It was fun. Well, it's like, it's like you can be out there by yourself. Like, I, like, 
people make fun of me. I'm like the one of five gallon Ohanis in the state. Yeah. yeah. But I literally put like a one man kayak in the marsh and I push pole around and I shoot him with like an over under 20 gauge. Yeah. And, but the point is, is like, there's getting no out. one else doing it. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a free moment. But it's fun. You're so. out. Yeah. You're out in the marsh. You're seeing really cool stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of, that's kind of how we got into it. And then when we started hanging out with him and he was like, Oh, I shoot Mergs. And we're like, Oh, and then Here, here's the deal. Fuck it. I'm still going to judge you. We're having a good time. We're having a good time. They're not going to waste. Yeah. So judge all you want. Yeah. Well, like, have you ever seen a Merg Superman? Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Like the way they'll decoy and how high they'll decoy from. It's very cannish. Yeah. Like if you've ever seen a can decoy. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of similarities. And it's pretty radical if you can, if you have a a good spread and you know what you're doing and you know where they're feeding and you can get on that X, it's it's pretty awesome. So are you just, are you saying, Mike Bard, that I like how a can is just a merganser that learned to eat wild celery? And tastes better. And tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I think Probably they came not. from the same, they came from the same place. <laughs> um, at least most, bird, most he, birds did come from whoever the same taught place. them to fly taught them yeah. to fly the same way if you i mean if if you're just if you're running a mallard spread or something sometimes the mergs will tip in sometimes they'll land but if you have if you're running a good merg spread and you get mergs they might be 100 yards up and they see those decoys it's almost like a peregrine they lock their wings and yeah, they just rat. drop like it's pretty freaking cool so here's you almost have to shoot i almost so want to go with you just, just to, to see it. it yeah it's it's pretty awesome. But one of the things I want to get to is like, and some people don't understand this, is so the hip thing, right? Harvest information program, everybody has to have that mm -hmm. to hunt ducks. You know where I'm going with this part. I sure. can see this. <laughs> so so there's a harvest diary that keeps track of how many mm -hmm. ducks you shoot, right? And some people get that from the harvest information program. That just keeps track of how many ducks you shoot because they don't trust you to be able to identify what species, sex, or age you shot, which goes into that big database for Fish and Wildlife Service. But then everybody sends wings in. Mm -hmm. a, a group of people mm -hmm. send wings in, of which you guys were part of I think we for a few years. No comment. <laughs> um, you, won, you won the Merg Award because one year, you guys were both in it, and you sent so many Merg wings in that New York won the Merg Anzer Award because not even shot. for the U.S. What I was really proud of, is we beat the Newfies. Those we, guys yeah. crush Merg. The Newfies. Those guys crush Merg. And we smoke them. I, that was like that was when I really felt like we made. There are people we feel like <laughs> yeah. they may have descended from Newfoundland. Like we we may have come. Yeah. You think you've come from Newfies, yeah. Mike? Yes, yeah. we must be. Because yeah, no, that that was like I knew we won the Atlantic Flyway. So when we made the first version of the Merg belts, yeah. that was Atlantic Flyway Merg champion. And then when a, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Report came out, we won North America. For all I know, we won the world. You know what I mean? Like who? But but who's how many did more you said is like 24, 25 or wings? Oh hundreds. shit, hundreds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really? So we keep track of our Mergs. It's kind of like a, a friendly. Uh, point of contention between us <laughs> it is kind of serious but <laughs> matt you do realize when they said when you were like why why didn't i get envelopes this year they didn't send them to me this year it was probably because of the merge <laughs> well like, i thought we i was dead for mercury poisoners <laughs> right like we yeah. need we need ducks we actually the last typically track the right? last couple yeah. years uh so 
our group of friends keeps track of our Merg harvest. In the last couple of years, the top person has been in the 120 to 130 Merg range. Wow. For the season. Wow. So when we were both submitting wings for the wing bee, that's what propelled New York to its place of glory. Yeah, place of glory. I love it. I feel like that year you actually were higher than that and beat me by like 23 or something like that. It was, I didn't, I tried really hard with Long Island to make a comeback, but he was with me, so it didn't work out. But. So there's a strict set of rules for, um, for Mer- this. We actually have an arbitrary. It's called merging. So we have a, we have like, we have legal counsel that is weighed in on this. We have our arbiter that settles disputes. It's pretty much like the Olympics. We kind of have the IOC for Merganser hunting. Yeah. It's legit. Wow. He yeah. lives in Rochester. Yes. <laughs> we'll I not de- speak his I, name, but. I deeply appreciate your. <laughs> um, the the belt, though, that cha- it, it's actually displayed in my shop, but it's. Your wrapped. belt buckle is gorgeous, by the way. It is gorgeous. So. Well, the World Championship belt is made out of um, roof tin and uh, some other. Um, bedazzling stuff that my uh, the <laughs> arbiter guy's daughter helped make. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's like a WWE style belt. It's a full size. Oh, it's belt. bigger. Than oh yeah, the yeah. Oh, it's gigantic. Yeah. yeah, the ones the ones that I had made are like those are for formal events. Formal, yes. Yeah, that's formal wear. <laughs> I've seen them out as formal yeah. wear at like <laughs> yeah, you get a DU uh, event. DU events. You're getting your lifetime sponsor award. You need right. to look. You legit. need to look yeah. legitimate with <laughs> you your. You need a six inch merg on your six inch merg on your junk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best part about it though is you had it built with the bottle openers in it, yeah. so like you can open people's bottles on your belt buckle. Wow. Yeah. All right, we're gonna roll back. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun mergs. Let's talk about. I actually haven't asked this, have I, too much? Uh, I asked if the weather changed a bit, but let's go with kind of hitting on weather and staying with the weather theme for the Fall Weather Podcast. You're kind of your, like, favorite kind of weather to hunt in, and then I'll go with Bard first because Frack's better, Hmm. Um, so he gets the (laughs) follow-up. But kind of favorite weather to hunt in and like a, a memorable hunt with like classic classic weather like two kind of a two-pronged question yeah. i honestly i like you got to have wind so 10 12 15 mile an hour is no more no less like somewhere in that five mile an hour range clear skies sunny like i like that that's my jam because one i wore glasses for the majority of my life until a month and a half ago when i had lasik surgery so if it rains like you should like you it's like it's horrible like yeah, yeah you get water droplets like yeah. if it's too cold and you're trying to wear like a face mask or something your glasses fog up yeah. like all that stuff sucks yeah so like i'm a i'm a classic person that says like everybody's like oh it's gonna rain i want to duck hunt because it's no. duck weather i'm like fuck that shit yeah <laughs> like i do not if i never hunted once again in the fucking rain yeah i'd be a super happy man same go ahead Sorry. i'm getting over that a little bit though the last like we were hunting the rain a few times recently and it hasn't been as bad without glasses but um i think the most memorable hunt i have is actually like the last hunt i had with my first chesapeake bay retriever she um was on the out she had had cancer really bad and we wanted to bring her for one more hunt and it was at the end of the season just uh ron zaga and i no one else wanted to go just the two of us we're gonna take her out we had really low expectations and we shot a two-man limit and it was like that perfect self win 
for for them because they were mm-hmm. heading back north. But south wind about twelve mile hours, perfectly sunny, and every group just did it perfect and came in. And my poor god, she she was the one hell of a last time. She had fifty retrieves and uh, <laughs> and uh, but that was like I'll never forget that. It was it was amazing and like I I can't. Frack is better at IDing birds on on the wing than I am. I feel like I'm pretty good, but he's exceptional, and I can't do it very well on low light like days. So that sun helps me ID things. I feel more confident when mm-hmm. I'm pulling the trigger. So I think I shoot better. Um, not because I see the duck better, but I'm more confident in what, what you're shooting. shooting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think that just helps me from that perspective too. And you you need a little bit of wind to get him to come in the way you want him to, and and have you know. You're shooting more decoying birds, I think, versus flybys. So that's I, I. I think they see everything, like most of those like broken cloud. Like I like the fifty percent, yeah, like maybe twenty four percent cloud, anywhere between ten and twenty mile an hour wind type stuff. Decoys are moving. They can see your decoy. I think on cloudy days they don't. They can't see yeah. shit either. Yeah. Like I, half I, the time, you know. Yeah, I, I think visibility is super important, and, mm-hmm. and it, it is weird that you would think like, why don't they see them? Like, right. but they really don't. Like, mm-hmm. you, it, we've hunted just recently, mm-hmm. and like the first hour and a half was really overcast, and the sun came out. And it was like game changer. Yep. Like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everything yep. was coming, and like we didn't see any more ducks, any less ducks, like the wind didn't pick up or anything. It was just all of a sudden like birds all of a sudden sauce. And it varies where you're at, but all the Great Lakes hunters, like I'm saying Erie, Ontario, like marsh hunters are like, we want sunny skies. As soon as the sun breaks, the ducks just bomb in because they, I don't know, they feel like they are comfortable and can see what's going on. I'm not sure, but it seems like, I think the whole idea of like ducks like shitty weather and so, you should shoot ducks in shitty weather. It's just not a thing that I've ever experienced. So, but Matt, I, I like. Matt, I, I agree. You gotta oh, have. Sorry, wind. frack. Go no, ahead. <laughs> gotta have wind, but uh, I like those cold, shitty days. Just because I, it's not necessarily that the ducks are maybe decoying any better, but I just feel like I'm earning it more. And I'm kind of that idiot right. that's like, this is fun. I'm out in the middle of a gale. I can't see anything. It's a blizzard, and. Uh, I don't know. I just I've had some memorable hunts doing that. Matt wants to can, say something. It can go. It can go wrong. Sorry, Bard, it, Bard wants to I say like something at, at Frack here. So what do you got? The earning it thing. He. He will leave his fucking waiters. In his truck, oh, like we'll go hunt. We get done hunting. He throws his wet waiters. His wet jacket because he always goes in. Over the bottom of the jacket. It's always wet. <laughs> Throws it in the back seat of his truck. It stays there overnight in the freezing cold till the next morning when we go hunting again. Whereas mine go inside, get hung up, put on boot dryers. I'm like getting it. He's just like, dude, you're soft. soft. Yeah. You're, soft. <laughs> you're comfortable like, as well. I'm like, dude, I'm smart. Like you're the data hit. That's just like you're 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 earning it by getting up and doing all the stuff you do. You don't have to make yourself miserable at the same time by wearing all this wet, cold shit. But you guys go out in more stuff than I do. I mean, I'm gonna I'm sh- I'm showing you. Oh, actually, I don't have them, but um, I'm wearing my Crocs in the kitchen now. But I have like L.L. Bean slippers that I actually wear throughout the house because we have tile floors at the farm, and then like I put them on the front room. And then I put boots on to go hunt. 
Like <laughs> if I go deer hunt and I come in and I literally like change my clothes on the front porch because my they're my deer clothes. And then, but I actually walk in, I put my slippers back on. <laughs> <to> walk, <laughs> I mean, like I've gotten old and soft, right? Like there's a there's a period in your life where you put you're gonna you're gonna pay for this frack. I keep telling him that. I might, but I feel like if I stop doing it, you're not gonna start again. You know what I mean? It's like. I feel like I got to keep doing it because fucking slippers are nice, dude. It's Maybe. good. I don't know. I feel like I got to keep doing it because if I, like I said, if I stop, I don't think you're going back. If so you we, stop going in swimming for ducks over your waders and stuff, that doesn't mean you. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't or don't do that. <laughs> Usually it's in, unintentional when I go over my waders, but it seems to happen more than I'd like to admit. Um, but like, or you don't their waders up and they yeah, wait out the what? Whatever. Explain this because you're, so, you're, you're so yeah, zip waiters yeah. are awesome because you can easily pee like with them. But when someone's like, Oh, there's ducks coming and like you're trying to pee and then you're trying to also get back to get in on the action and you don't zip your waiters back up and then walk through the water and all the water goes yeah. in your waiters, not cool. It happens to me frequently. I don't know. I was going with the other thing of like just start zipping up before you're done, which is also problematic. But yeah. that hasn't happened yet. Okay. But... <laughs> so keep dreaming. Frack. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna be a problem for me. <laughs> I feel like there's a small penis coming. So it's cold. It's cold. So, <laughs> so most memorable, and you've been in some super. I've heard super like shit, like almost died type of thing. So let's not tell viewers about that because that would might justify some of your behavior. But some of the coolest, um, the, the coolest hunt you've been in weather-wise that you can run. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash ev9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. A couple. So my little brother and one of his friends and I, I had them walk the shore. Uh, I took the boat. Stuff was icing up. So I took a canoe. I wore a, a float coat in case I broke through. And I had ice picks for dragging the canoe over the ice. I had them walk the shore because I didn't want them to go through. And uh, took the boat. And when the ice would get too thin, the boat would go through. I would just lay in the canoe, get the ice picks out, pull myself back up on the ice, keep going. Did that for a couple miles to get to a hole of open water. Had an absolutely phenomenal hunt. So uh, this is like Mark oh, going in. Yeah, going in in the morning. Oh, this isn't coming out. I felt no, like no, no, this, no, this is going coming in. Out. No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, going, it was cold. So going in, the lake froze and we could just walk the ice all the way back, which is way better. Going in, it was like skim ice that wasn't thick enough to walk on. So you had to take the boat so that when you fell through, you yeah. could put your chest on the boat. So I want you to understand, like, some of the listeners are like Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas. Oh. Like, they get ice, but they don't get New York ice. Yeah. So. yeah. But so, I mean, but that's what you, that's what I had to do to get to the open water. We got to the open water, had an awesome shoot, uh, shot a full three-man limit, picking drakes out. Um, the boys killed their first band uh shot some really cool ducks couple that are on my wall and it was just one of those things where like you're sitting there you're in a gale it's nasty weather you 
So what time, worked what time really hard to get there. What time oh, was, I'm sure it was January. I don't yeah. remember. It was when we still had like season. wind, snow. Yeah, wind, snow, snow just yeah. nasty. And it was probably, I don't know, 20 degrees because it froze over the course of time that we were hunting. It froze enough that on the way back, you could walk the ice without falling through. Yeah. I love those. I mean, stupid, I've, like admittedly stupid. But, to, go, to even go in. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, you but I had the right gear. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I had the kids be safer than me. Um, yeah. But I had to get our gear and decoys and the boat down there so we could recover birds. But Bard saw that. We did an ice hunt and you were, yeah. I wouldn't say you were impressed with my ice skills, but. No, I was actually, I was actually something. like, I'd never seen ice picks before. Um, but I was impressed that you just rolled in with uh, the survival suit, like on Deadliest Catch and like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad he's here. So you get it done. I would not be out there again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, saw yeah. that. I'm saw definitely that. the work harder, not smarter kind of guy. Oh, I'm that's, not that that's, smart. That's I'm an idiot. But it's like that's if there's if if you if there's ducks there, I'll yeah. get to them. Yeah. At some point, I'm not going to be able to do that. But for now, that's why I got to keep wearing wet waders. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just wear a wetsuit. Just wear a wetsuit. Call yeah. good. Well, you do spend like the majority of your work in a wetsuit in cold water so i mean maybe it's just you're more comfortable with it than i am i don't know like i don't like it i spent too many nights sleeping in holes and back of trucks and whatever in the military to do it on my recreation time now <laughs> yeah. i always wanted i haven't done it but i always wanted to just like on the opening day of the second split go to like one of the super crowded boat launches around here with a backpack full of decoys and my fins and a wetsuit and just walk down the ramp out in the water and just start finning out with a wetsuit <laughs> but i'm sure i'd get run over by somebody in a duck boat but i thought that would get me some good looks at the at the boat launch i'm pretty sure that uh there's a better ways to do it <laughs> Um, I did ask you guys about kind of weather changes that affect duck migration in your years, but like, Bard, like just a reflection on over all your years, and you've been in New York most of the time, all the time? A large percent there, yeah. of my hunting is in New York, but I guided in Missouri for a bit. I guide, I, well, Ontario. I've hunted in Ontario, Ontario a bit. lot with right. some friends of mine yeah. um, who yeah. own a guide service and... Yeah. Uh, for years, like 15, 16 years now. And but, man, but, like, but you, your sense, your sense overall of like, cause you know, follow the podcast stuff. Like, yeah, no, you know, I, like the question, it, the question always is, has it, has it changed? And so, we're going to get, we're going to get different answers on this when we talk to people across the country. Yeah. Sure. So it's changed for sure because my friends in Ontario, up just south of Lake, they're just off Lake Huron. And we would go up, and for I don't know, 10, 12 years of, that I was going up there, we would be snowed out by like the second week of November every year. We did, They just wouldn't take any more hunters because there was enough snow where everything pushed through. So what years are we talking about then? Um, up like, so 2007, 8. Oh, that's that recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 2007, okay. 8 yeah. through... 2018 2019 just before covid okay maybe 2017 i guess because it was a couple years before covid every year the mallards would come through the second and third week of october like clockwork we would shoot canada geese and have some really good woody hunts maybe shoot a few um 
mallards all dry field hunting in that first two weeks because they start the last week of september and in that mm -hmm. so for two weeks it was canada geese woodies some mallards and then you got that second and third week of october and the just mallards were coming just tons of mallards and then so that's ontario yeah ontario and then so then you would still have mallards and geese um in that like halloween time in the first week of uh november second week in november things were starting to get dicey it, it was kind of like here in our old late season where conditions were tough but if you found birds they were very concentrated so you yep. could really hammer yep. and then third fourth week in november they're snowmobiling you right. know what i mean right. so we've gone from that to now they still have all their hunters come in that same time period and it's Canada geese that whole time, maybe a trickle of mallards here and there. And their hunters are done coming and they're fun hunting in, in November into now, still now in December. And they're up there sending me pictures every night. Like they're working right. their regular jobs back again. And they get out and go oh, for the shoot. last two hours and are shooting six mallards each because that's what their limit is. Yeah. Like, two or three of them go out. They're not even scouting. They're just showing up in a field and shooting six mallards each. And it's five weeks, six weeks after what they normally were doing. Yeah, this is like back home. I'm, I'm from Western New York originally, and I've traveled all over the country and such. But, I mean, Thanksgiving, we were always yeah. shooting deer in the snow. Frack, yeah. Frack's going to say, yeah. and you're from here. Yeah. You're from Central. Like, I'm mm -hmm. from. So if people know growing zones, like this is growing zone six. Mm -hmm. And where I'm from in the Allegheny Plateau originally is z growing zone four, which means mm -hmm. our springs come later and our falls come earlier. And I remember, I mean, shooting deer, like just literally walking deer up out of deer yards with knee deep snow during regular deer season. Yeah. And I used to wear skirt camo opening day. Super oh, far from that yeah. now. Like, anyhow, I don't want to, I think. I think our lives are a little too short for this to understand all of it, but it just feels like it's definitely changed in our time. Yeah. So yeah. Frack, I, I agree a hundred percent. And that, uh, you know, I talked to my grandpa, he was a big duck hunter here, you know, in the same area. And he said, you know, by November, those finger lakes, like not maybe the middle, but the North ends were freezing up. So like, you know, that's when they were doing their diver hunting was October, November. And by then it was ice and it was ice until, March, April, May, you know, it just, it didn't like, now you might get ice for two or three days and then it's 60 and then, you know, it's just yo-yoing back and forth. Yeah. So I didn't ice fish last year. It's the first year of my life I didn't ice fish and I could have if I traveled, but like all the lakes that I grew up fishing around here, we never had safe ice. We so. went, we, we went over like the, you know, where it's sitting at this table is two feet, two and a half feet wide. We went over breaks like that in the ice with a snowmobile yeah. to get to spots to ice fish, fish last yeah. year yeah and i was like i was like there were friends that knew what they were doing but that's kind of super sketchy yeah. shit right? yeah <laughs> so yeah. i'm a little worried about this year like the elms like strong el nino year yeah. like we might be in one of the warmest winters that we've seen in a long time but anyway, uh, and you would, by the you way, would we do have cold weather coming next week so we mm -hmm. should be great like good. like freezing weather good for, for a bit so and our season ends that, yeah, that's one of my beefs with the, the end of our season. Yeah, that's one of my beefs with the season moving up is that now it's like we have warm weather, we have warmer weather, and so now the season's moving up, and it's warmer. So right. I feel like you're not getting those 
I feel like our early ducks are gone. What we're hunting right now, for the most part, are kind of stale. We're getting a few little pushes of birds in, but it's not, you know, I think that cold yeah. will help. But I, f- I feel like it's a very, I, I feel like a state like New York, like Kansas is in this. There's other states that are in this too. It's so hard to set the season because you could hunt ducks from September. We don't even open yeah. in September, yeah. but we could hunt ducks from yeah. September to the end of January. And you have 60 days. So there is no, like, I give the state of New York and the people that manage this a ton of credit in any state that manages this type of stuff because it is super hard to manage. Like, what are the best ways to assess that and determine how you best serve your hunters? That's kind of up to them. I'm not going to touch all that right now. But it's it's not easy. So, like, for all the people, like, you guys have complaints. I have complaints. Right, everybody has complaints about the season because it doesn't fit what they want. When you have sixty days to put in a place where you could shoot ducks for over a hundred days in any one location, I don't want that job. Right. So I hear what you guys are saying. There's a bunch of people that are like, I'm a I'm a marsh hunter, so I'm like December. I want December. I want December. Like when the river floods and the the birds are moving type thing, but. Yeah. Uh, Barb, mm-hmm. your trip to it's shoot not, the it's elusive. Not just, it's not oh, it's, it's Frack's trip too? Frack's going too. Okay. The elusive, um, uh, what is it called now? Mexican Mallard. The Mexican Mallard. Yeah. Tell, me, tell us about it. It sounds made up, right? It does. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's super fucking made up. Yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> well. It's a thing. Why is it a thing now? I don't know. I don't know why it's a thing. I just know that I was challenged um by a friend who is a collector and uh i I put a great effort into going in and all over the u.s i've tried to do it in the u.s um to shoot the you know you you have every species other than this one right now yeah i even i was lucky i got drawn for an emperor tag a couple years ago i went up and um frack came with me um I got to shoot an emperor goose, which was added after the 41. So it became like, in my opinion, the 42nd. Um, so this is the 43rd. So now there's a 43rd. Like you, there's, I don't feel like there's a, there's not one organization out there that's like doing tracking this. Um, but I can honestly say that Field and Stream sent two auditors to my house and they went through all of my journals. It photographs and everything and audited the fact that I had shot these 41 species and um, and so I feel good to say like hey I did this and then after that sweet the emperor goose became available I applied for the permit I drew it was able to harvest one and now um, in just hunting with friends a friend of mine who is a collector and very uh, uh, just very into the scene was like hey did you see this new species that was uh deemed the mexican mallard it's you know it comes up from mexico into arizona um looks a lot like a black duck or a model duck to me Mm -hmm. so i think it's just a at some point in time they just stopped really migrating like everybody else and found a home in this general region and over time mutated into their own species because their dna is different they look just like a 
model. So it's, a, it's genetically is how they've been vetted to say yes. they're different. Their DNA yeah. is different, different enough from a mallard, yep. different enough from a model duck, different yep. enough from a black duck to yep. be its own species. Yep. And, and got it. Two years ago, according to the articles I've read, um, I'm not a biologist. Uh, uh, two years ago, it was deemed a new species based on the DNA. So kind of uh, some friends of mine threw some shade at me saying, well, you don't have this anymore. You need to go get this duck. So uh, a different. So you were, um, you, were, you were duckless. Yeah. So I yeah. felt like I can't say that anymore. You and, lost uh, the Merg belt. I lost the Merg belt to frack. <laughs> I lost the claim to fame. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, now I need to go do this. So we've. Uh, cool. Through someone else we know. Um, they had been once before last year with a, a guide down there and uh, was successful. So he kind of tuned us on to this guide and we're going to go down and, and uh, Saturday and give it a shot for four days and hopefully we get lucky. Sounds awesome. Find some desert mergs. Yeah. Desert mergs. <laughs> Should crack that second beer, Bard. Oh boy. If we're going to hang out after the, There you <laughs> go. Get that on. I got some big picture stuff, but I'm just going to leave it with this, I think, because I'm not going to throw the public lands people under the bus unless you want to talk public land stuff. Uh, we'll do that another time. We'll do that next year. I'm going to bring you guys back next year and just chat about potentially decline of interest in duck hunting um, and, and the decline of uh, interest in public lands, wildlife biologists and land managers that manage those lands for duck hunters, um, but I'll I got, leave it. No, nah, I don't want to touch it this year. Gonna, I got a question though. I got a question for you. Uh, so are we, are all we gonna hear about, we're gonna do this. Okay, go. All right, quick one. I just want your opinion. Here. I see like you read, you know, in the most recent Delta, there's talk about how hunters numbers declined in Ontario, in New York, in, you know, the US in general. Right. From my perspective, maybe I'm biased, but I feel like there's more competition so I don't know if there's less people, but the people are going way more. Yep. So it's like yep. there's way less people yep. buying duck stamps. There's way less people so going, frat, but there's more people on the mark. That is that is fucking great because I think that that is something we need to actually understand is how that type of thing. Like we have less people, but they're going more and there's less places for them to go. Yep. So everybody's concentrated. You know, it used to be you talk to some guys around here in like the heyday of duck hunting. Everybody would be like, you'd be shoulder to shoulder on opening day. You can see the old comics of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then after that, nobody yeah. went. It was like opening day of deer season yeah. when everybody went out, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was a cultural thing that, this is my assessment. It was a cultural thing that people went. But it wasn't, I don't want to use the word obsession, but it wasn't a mm -hmm. thing where like you just went every day and every day and every day and every day. People didn't have that time. Mm -hmm. You worked in a factory. You were a school teacher. You were, you know, a taxi cab driver. Whatever the hell you were, you had to do it five days a week. It wasn't like we mm -hmm. we all, all three of us, have time to find a way to go on Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. Friday, right? Mm -hmm. That wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's really interesting is if no one's actually, I don't think, cataloged that kind of change at all, like to understand what that mm -hmm. is and what so yeah but that's, i think that's a huge portion of it i think i think that might be an impediment to recruiting new hunters because it's hard to like i took a kid out today that i've taken from a youth hunter he's not a youth hunter anymore but his family doesn't really hunt so i try to get him out when i can and it was a it was a really slow day you know 
he got one opportunity and missed. But I would say, like, if I if if I'm a new hunter and I'm just trying to start out, where are you going to go to have a good hunt right now? Mm-hmm. You can't. You know what I mean? The the hunting sucks. Like we're I said in general, like we're there, we're still there's still some good days, but in general, if you're if you were just trying to start out, like if you have a student that moves here from Maryland, wherever, and is like, I want a duck hunt, where are they going to go? Are they it's gonna... pretty crappy. So I feel like that's it's that's where it's I almost it. an impediment to. I, I know we're trying to get new hunters, but it's almost like there's too many hunters as it is hunting. I shouldn't say too many hunters, but there's too much pressure on a limited space. There's not spots for everybody to go and still have a good hunt. I don't know what the answer is. So, I'm so I, I mean, to, I'm part of the problem. I'm I'm going every day. So, so I, I I want so so Frack just turned around. He finally set up from his chair a little bit, and he's wearing wolf pants. <laughs> so he distracted you. He distracted <laughs> me with his wolf pants because he thought we were doing a video of this. You had to look like a merganser enthusiast. So, <laughs> this is the outfit of a merganser yeah. enthusiast. <laughs> but I. I don't I don't know the answer to all of that frack, but I I my sense is is that one of the things that we do not tend to do I'm I'm afraid of like government control at all, like any type of regulation. But when we get into a situation where we just have like constantly people, constantly people, constantly people, there is there are hunt management strategies all over North America that do manage those things. And everybody does it differently. Like I think one of the coolest things that I'd like to do is a is a research outfit at the university I work for is have a student collect all of the data on like what are all of the different hunt management strategies and then ask the practitioners why do they have them most of them are just going to say oh it's because it's what we always did right and there's no reaction to any kind of data that says whether it's helpful or not for hunters and so I don't know where I'm going with that other than like it's 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 a difficult situation we're in right now because i feel like people yes people are going more there's very little management of it and we're not actually collecting all the data that we could like you look across all of north america in this kind of comment that you're saying is it's happening everywhere i i don't know if it's true i mean i don't live in arkansas but it sounds like people show up on wednesday to hunt on Saturday, Saturday yeah. at a boat launch. Yeah. And a guy will show up at like four o'clock on Wednesday and he's the 75th boat in line. Like, fuck that. Who wants to yeah. do that? Yeah. That is not recruiting hunters. Yeah. There is a better way to do that. So I'm not going to get into like, like we, we scratch the surface of this. Like the point is there's a better way to do that. Right. I don't know what it is. I don't want to be restrictive. I want things to be open, yeah. but it doesn't feel like that's a thing that, is possible so the the other side like the other thing there because i agree 100 percent with frack that i think we see the same people out there all the time like we know their boats we know their trucks see the same guys and i i do research for a living too and uh but i do it for like the evil empire of corporate america so i look at this you just got fired I, uh, they can't fire me. I'm tenured too. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, just kidding. Um, but uh, see, so see, so can I get fired? <laughs> I don't know if I can get fired. But uh, either way, um, I understand that 
the state looks at things from how many licenses can we sell because that's more revenue for us. However, selfishly, as someone who hunts 85 days a year for ducks and mm -hmm. geese, yeah. and I see all these other same guys out there who are hunting a large number of days, when I take that survey at the end of the year to ask me about what I think of the seasons and stuff, somebody who hunts two days gets the same voice as I do as someone who hunts 80 plus days. Why aren't we weighting that data based on the volume of hunts that or the amount I'm participating? Because I think my voice should be louder. In, in New York, it is. That survey asks you how many days you hunt, like how avid you are. Your weight, that is actually, in New York, it's weighted as far as I'm aware. I don't know if that's true everywhere, but it's definitely weighted in New York. Yeah, that's actually included. I think you're asked that question, like how many how many days a year do you Yeah, hunt? but I think it's it's not a how many days is hunt. It's like, did you hunt one to four days, one to like five to 10 days, and then 15 plus? They don't take insane Jack wagons like uh, like us in North Carolina who hunt. You just, you just said insane jack wagons, yeah, right? Well, okay. Um, but like I think there's yeah. like Frack said, I think there's more of this insane jack wagon group of guys out there who are hunting like just an insane number of times. Um I, because we have addiction issues or something, and that's how we get through it. It's better than Oxy. Um, but, uh, uh, I think I just get fired. Why is Purdue a sponsor? Purdue. Um, I think they went bankrupt. Uh, but anyway, um, holy shit. I, we can't, we gotta delete this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, I think I, I feel like that needs to be factored in and that probably doesn't help with recruitment of new hunters. But as someone who does hunt a lot, yeah. I spend a lot of money on ammunition, on boats, on registrations of things yeah. of, you know, there's fees for everything everywhere, you yeah. know, or just gear. And like, I know there's taxation on stuff that's supposed to go back into you know, conservation and things like that, especially. Well, it does. It, yeah. does, it does, it's, yeah. it's your I'm skeptical, it's yeah. government, like, yeah, like <laughs> It does. I worked for the government for a while, I'm skeptical. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but like, so I'm like, well, I'm spent, I must spend infinitely more money than someone who hunts opening weekend or whatever, or two openers or something like that. So it just, I just feel strongly that like that should be taken into it. And if it is great, I, I was not aware of that in New York state. Um, but it set definitely should be. I think you click some button that that yeah, yeah. it it might be as broad as you said, but yeah, I it's like, yeah, I, it's also hard to bring new people in. Like I legit had a lady ask me to hunt today, and I didn't take her because I'm like, she's never duck hunted before. This would have been her first duck hunt, and the hunt I did today, you're standing over your waist in cold water for yeah. four hours, and I didn't know that we were going to even see birds so i'm like this is not a good first experience for someone if you're trying to give a yeah. good positive first experience this is this not is why i don't hunt with you so, <laughs> this is why i don't because you know me i'm like i didn't see a bird by nine o'clock and my left toe is slightly cold and my dog looked sideways at me i'm like fuck this i'm going home you know no like i'm not it's not like 
it's not like I don't hunt and I don't kill yeah. birds. You guys yeah. know that, but I don't do the hardcore thing you you guys do either. So <laughs> I I deeply appreciate it. It's like I'm kind of a tweener because I also have a life beyond duck yeah, hunting, yeah. which you guys we don't we don't we don't, don't. <laughs> I, I like yeah I don't I'm not proud to say that, but I really don't. I don't I don't know what to do. So here's the. This is question 11. I don't even know what question we're on now, but I had I actually had a script here of which this I love this. This was cool. Like we called, messed that up. This was like no, you guys, this is great. Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is what Kitchen Conversations is meant to be. Like when as I said, when you guys first came in, we should have just had like a hot mic to catch yeah. all that fun stuff in the we first place, you know. We definitely got fun. So, well, I covered uh sky busting. You guys listen to yeah. that. Um I'm I, I didn't get fired from that one, that's so we win. should be. Um, Not yet. So, so Frack, because I like him more than Bard. Um, anything you want to tell the kids in Duck Country, USA? Like, like the final comment here for you for the year. You're not coming. I'm not. I'm not letting you guys back for another year. So, what's the what's the final comment on how to? Don't start chasing mergansers. Don't start outside. chasing. <laughs> No, it's hard, man. I, I honestly, I don't know. We talked about it a little bit with recruitment, but like if I was a young kid, like when I started, when I started duck hunting, uh, I was in high school. My buddies and I would go out. We had hand-me-down decoys. We had, we couldn't call. We didn't, we went to the same Still spots can't. because it was, <laughs> because it was what we had. Yeah. And, but we were able to kill ducks and that kind of got me hooked. And so then that launched me down this rabbit hole of, Sitting in your kitchen in wolf pants, you know, talking about shooting hundreds of mergansers. But uh, I don't. I love that comment. Like, <laughs> literally, the only reason I'm sitting in your kitchen in wolf pants yeah. in Jack's Reef, New York, is because <laughs> of those moments. But we were able to. Yeah. But being as woodchucky as we were, not knowing anything, having so wait, wait, we stop. Were able to I have to stop because woodchuck is not a common term, right? Woodchuck. Define woodchuck for the listenership. If this was video, just look at me. But, you know, the guys you see at the boat launch in, you know, in wolf pants and leaking waders with uh, merganser decoys. Like, I've got, I've got guys I've, I've met it down the road at Montezuma that literally, like, you're done on opening day. Yeah. And they show up because they're hung over from the night yeah. before. Yeah. Not, this, you're not quite that woodchucky. <laughs> but they bring, like, a white bucket with blue jeans yeah. and they sit on the shore with, yeah. like, a flannel shirt. Yeah. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, we're hunting ducks, and it's like 9:30, and we already all have our limits on opening yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's a wood. That's a woodchuck. Yeah. But as scrubby as we were, we were still able to shoot ducks. And I don't think you could. I have infinitely better gear. I have a lot more experience. Yeah. I have a lot more, and I I I couldn't do if I was you know 16 now and just starting out. I don't know how you would get into it because there's just no. You know, those ducks aren't there. The weather's not good. You know, whatever it is, blame it on whatever you want. But I feel like there's just not that. And there's so many other things for kids to do that that's if you where go I out really a time or two and I have a really, shitty hunt, it's like. Really appreciate that you, like, you take a ton of people each year, right? And not everybody does that. So appreciate that about getting people in. Uh, that's fun. It's nice to get, uh, at this point, I'm pretty lucky. I've shot a ton of ducks. And don't get me wrong, I still love shooting ducks. I still want to, but. It's more fun for, you know, if you're taking a first-time person, seeing how excited a kid gets on youth yeah. day, shooting their first 
hen mallard. That means more to them than it does to me. You know, I have more fun watching them shoot that duck than, yeah. you know, for me to shoot it. Or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it Dude, is. If you could go back and have seen me shoot two boxes of shells on a single day and then finally kill a hen mallard and, and see my face, pumped. yeah, it would be exactly what yeah. you're talking about, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the life too. cycle of a hunter, though, right? Like, yeah. there's phases you go through as a hunter, and you're just at that phase. Like, I kind of ebb and flow from them. Like, last year, I could have cared less to kill a duck, but this year, I'm like, I'm going to fuck stuff up. And we killed, like, yeah. you know, Jaeger's got 75 retrieves, and that's not a typical thing for me. I'm Usually, I shoot, like, 20 birds, and I'm like, ah, that's good. You know, like, that sounds lame to a lot of the listenership, but I do a ton of other stuff, and I just don't find the time to cram in like you guys do you know so i would uh, say we're probably not good role models in that. no that's, not good role models yeah that's about all we do <laughs> well here's the thing um you definitely are. job 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 wise <laughs> oh fuck you guys job job wise i mean frack you're you work for an environmental consulting firm as a wildlife biologist basically i mean i don't know your title you're you have a great job mike bard is vp of a marketing firm so it's not like you guys are slouches right like there's a there's you know you got your shit going on so i didn't go that far (laughs) thank you i guess mike didn't say we had our shit together (laughs) you're busy (laughs) not that you're mr bar last comments on to the, the like like anything you can tell kids in duck country usa across the board honestly like like good good positive comment to end us yeah have fun doing it it's it, yeah. honestly like i feel somewhat hypocritical hypocritical saying this but like who cares like how many ducks frack shoots or you shoot which we actually made a point of during this actually, right you know yeah. right like who cares yeah. who cares yeah. what's on social media Go out, have a goal for your hunt. Except, which... except to follow the podcast on social media. You should <laughs> yeah. probably listen to that. <laughs> I'm saying don't, don't not listen to it. Don't not go enjoy right. the pictures of it. But don't let it like, like bother you like that. Oh, I didn't have a good hunt today. Or maybe I did. Maybe a good hunt for me is shooting. a. Uh, my goal today is to go shoot a green wing teal. And I had scouted hard and there's some teal over here and I get one. That should be good enough for you. Or... That, hey, my goal today is just to go hunt this new spot and learn, like, something about this new area. Well, the first, like, the first time I had a dog, yeah. and I actually took my my own dog that I trained, which literally was like a hand-me-down dog that actually retrieved its first goose. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was, like, probably, I have to pull a lot of brain cells back to the forward here. But that was probably one of my best days of my life, yeah. right? Yeah. Like those types of things. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I think it's, the, especially now that the hunting isn't as maybe good as when we were younger and got into it. Um, even for me now, like I have to like, uh, like we'll be like, well, well we hunt a lot. Um, but like I go into it like, hey, today I would like to do X. And I try to make it reasonable. And if that happens, then awesome. I'm happy. It didn't. We didn't shoot a limited ducks. We didn't shoot half a limited duck. We might have only gotten one. So for my birthday, we it was a couple weeks ago. I'm like, frack. I don't care. The duck hunting has sucked lately. I want to go out and shoot a duck today. Don't care what it is. Whatever. 
We were in the struggle bus, man, but we got one down. We got one on the top. Yeah. And I was like, you holding up a Drake Mallard and Frax in the background. And, and our, and see, that took are... both of us to make that happen. Like, that was not easy. Like, it was like, yeah. But we got that sucker. And, like, that was like, it made my day. Like, I was like, I'm dude. Like, that was my goal for the day. I wanted to, like, every year on my birthday, I like to try to get out and hunt. And, and I just want to shoot a duck. It's, I love the duck hunt. I just want to go shoot a duck on my birthday, you know, and we did it. I got to do it with a good friend. It was, I was made That's my day. Awesome. Like that was, I was happy. So, and, and that, and that is totally anti to the thing that I always say, because my comment is because, because here is what I'll end this with the total opposite of that, because this is the fun I like to have with people. <laughs> the comment always is like, well, when hunters answer surveys, they're like, we just want to go hunting. We don't care if we kill a bird. And I'm like, okay, that's bullshit. Because if you went out with your grandson in a duck blind and you petted a wet dog and you had like eggs on the grill and you, you know, chatted with a son that you hadn't seen for a while and all the things that are like duck hunting in the duck blind, all the things we enjoy, you bullshitted, told, you know, fun stories about frack and fun stories about bard. But at the end of the day, you killed a fuck ton of ducks and there was a giant pile of birds. Would you be unhappier? Never. No. So I always tell practitioners, I'm like, you should just aim for the freaking sky. Don't ask people what they want. Yeah. Just do the fucking best you can every single goddamn day for them to shoot as many birds as possible with the knowledge that it's unlikely that you're ever going to get there. Right? But they're always like, well, how many birds do you want to shoot to be happy? I'm, my answer is always like, I don't know, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, don't get me so, wrong. I want to shoot ducks. Yeah. I don't go not to shoot ducks, but like, I've hunted a long time. And you're I not going to always York get State. there. Yeah. yeah. I've seen yeah. the changes over the last few years. It's hunting, not shooting. You know, like, so you have to temper your expectations. I have kids. I take my kids out hunting. I take their friends out hunting. Yeah. Trying to, like, teach them that it's okay if your friends over here shot a limit today and we didn't we got skunked yeah like that's okay like what did we learn today how can we improve next time like let's take the positives out of it don't be like well on social media like these guys pile like had a pile picture and you know we didn't even post saying who gives a shit right like, you know i got right. nothing to prove to anybody anymore well, that's a lie i need to get this mexican mallard but uh, <laughs> um, but after that i have nothing <laughs> small <laughs> but right. uh right but look like, i try like i try not to let that stuff bother me because i like i said before like i was really honestly caught up in that kind of shit for years and like it was i had to produce for a job i had or um you know my own sanity or to be like you know my dick's bigger than frack's dick today because i got more than he did or whatever like when we were competitors at the boat launch unknowingly um you know but like i don't know maybe because i'm older now maybe because i had kids and i took them out and you know tried to get them into it and their friends and everything and i don't know i uh i just like to go have fun now yeah you know and we go out and we we work hard so I think we can always, like, one of the things I think we can do is balance that comment, knowing that that exists, with the fact that the thing that we ignore is that when you shoot more ducks, it isn't worse. 
but this thing isn't bad. Like yeah. the 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 idea of spending time and all that. None of that is bad. But to but I just think but, we but can't to, do that. We can't shoot we that can't limit sh- of ducks always every day. Shoot the big one. Yeah. Every day. So it's like. Right. And we're going to go because right. we're idiots and have nothing Well, else the thing is, like, is you we're never going, know so. when that's going to happen, sure. too. Yeah. Right? Like, um, some of those are awesome days when you, you have guys, expectations you and there when, smash them. Was it the day? Were you there when? No, you were you were there the day after, like, Sarah and I smashed yeah. ducks, mm-hmm. right? And, like, we went in with, like, I don't know, is there going to be ice? Um, You know, we went out to dinner the night before, and she's like, should I go? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe you should just go and see what it's going to be like. And it turned out to be, yeah. you know, a fantastic day. Um, and you can't always see that stuff coming. So, like, you guys have it right. That's why you kill a ton of birds is because you just always go and you're okay swallowing the bad days. The Foul Weather Podcast actually forecasts fresh ducks on good days. And so we try to tell people, uh, like, this is the thing I find funny is, like, for the people that are really busy, you know, that have schedules that are insane that have, um, a life. That, that have a life from like <laughs> what Wolfman man over here has but you know, like picking those days kind of kind of matters yeah. and like i've had people texting me like did you go hunt xy marsh that we were killing birds in for before that i met them and i'm like fuck no i'm not going like i know there's not birds there i know yeah. there's no migration so i'm not gonna go yeah. so i feel like trying to and it also takes the pressure off the birds a little, right? Like, if they're not doing it anyway and there's not new fresh birds, like, why crush them all the time type thing? So, um, we got to get into merg hunting. Got to get into merg hunting. Got to so, get out there. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if I can bite it. We'll have to do that. Bring this. We'll get him. We'll have to do bring the podcast to the boat dude we can do it in the marsh. we can do it in the marsh because in in the marsh thing like which i've only done in it 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 does great like um shoot we shot birds we shot gadwall and stuff at winus and you guys will hear it on there it's like it it's a kind of like you have to do like the banter back and forth in the boat or in the blind and then there's a little bit of shooting and then there's talking and but it's realistic like hey shut the fuck up there's yeah. birds yeah. now like, and somebody starts calling and nice. it, it's it's kind of it the sound quality is actually pretty good mike bard matt frackleton holy shit i really appreciate you guys being here Thanks um, for there's no food left for me i don't think so great dinner thank you a little bit um thank you guys for being part of the part of the podcast and part of the kitchen conversations i think we're gonna it's fun. we're gonna actually let this uh run and Maybe not delete it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, it was fun. Thanks for being a date for our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>